ham nær her. Back through the hills where the rocky mounds roll There's a song the men sing and you've heard it before It gives me chills when they scream it out loud So cherish these words Cause there's a magic they bring It goes, hum now here kid I need you so bad It goes, hum now here kid I fucking need you so bad Hum now here kid I need you so bad Hum now here kid I fucking need you so bad It's more than just a call It's a fortune for us all Very different from a saying It's my soul's way of praying So one more fucking time Let's sing the nursery rhyme I ask from you I don't But this time I'm a-begging So hum now here kid I need you so bad Hum now here kid I fucking need you so bad Hum now here kid I need you bad So hum now here kid I fucking need you so so bad I'm now your kid I fucking need you so bad Ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the program it is your host with the most hopsy bo biggity giggity baby boy episode number 65 the Eric Carlson episode if you will Folks, how are we doing today? Trying my best to make this a weekly show. Several days late from a week to my last episode, but that's okay. That's okay. Much, much better than days past. I hope you're all doing good. It is August 24th here, late night here, in the dark. I'm in Timmins, Ontario. Not even. I'm actually about 40 kilometers west of Timmins. In the boonies, if you will. I've recorded episodes here in the past. I'm up here working, uh, smashing out some roofs. And um, it's it's just good to get an episode out there and converse with all of my fine listeners once again. Um, I hope you're enjoying all your summers. It's uh, it's it's been going by pretty quick, but uh, I think that's the name of the game for summer. It flies by, so I hope you're out there. I hope you're enjoying it with friends, family, loved ones, friends and kin. All right, folks. It's um, it's it's been a wild summer. Haven't uh, haven't done much but work. Got a great couple trips in, and um, it's the fall's gonna be here before we know it. All right, but let's not talk about that right now. I've been uh, meaning to tell you all a quick little story that happened uh, about a month and a half ago, almost two months ago, and um, I still it was it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild to me. I have uh, spoken on this episode. I believe it was episode number two. I told a fishing story or two. But um, when I'm up here in Timmins, 
Uh, we don't do too much other than work uh, as much as possible. Uh, get as much done as we can, many hours as we can. We we love that Moulin Rouge, if you know what I mean. That money, that Skrilla, Skrilla, Skrill. That's what we. That's what we do. We live in a capitalistic society, and if you want independence, you need that money to do the things you want to do in life. And to get that money, a lot of the times you have to work for it. Well, that's what they tell you, anyways. <laughs> so we're up here working away. I came up, um, I believe it was J middle of June-ish, near the June 22nd or something like that. Came up here the first time this summer. I got here about a week ago again, uh, but this is my second Timmins Sprint. And the story that I'm about to tell you happened on uh, my first Timmins Sprint, we will call it. And I have told a story, like I said, on a former episode. I believe it was literally the second episode ever created. So 63 beautiful, majestic episodes ago, I told a quick story about one of my experiences at this secret location because I can't tell you the name of the lake because you might go up there with a net and you might take all the fish that I love to catch right out of the goddamn water. And I won't stand for that and neither will the beloved fishermen who call that lake home. But this lake we like to go to, it was, uh, it was actually, it was Canada Day. It was Canada Day, July 1st for those American friends of mine who don't care for their neighbors up north and don't pay them no mind. Joking. I know that's not the truth, but it was July 1st. I had a good friend of mine uh, I played hockey with in university, um, Danny Diesel DeRoche. We like to we like to know him as he's uh, former captain of the Sudbury Wolves. Heard of it? Not a big deal. And he was the captain of the Nipissing Lakers during my tenure in the OUA of U Sports Hockey up here in the university ranks in Can I Day. And uh, he's a great man, big avid outdoorsman, loves to fish, and he's good friends with a uh, friend of the show, Eric Robichaud, who's also made an appearance on this show. And um, yeah, so he came up with his girlfriend, um, and um, his girlfriend's good friends with my buddy Eric's girlfriend. The girls got to spend some time together, and the boys needed to get out, get some fishing in. And uh, one of Eric's buddies, our good friend Johnny, Yanni, as I like to call him, he came up with us. So the four of us made way to this secret location. Once again, I'd love to tell you the name of the lake, but it's just not possible, folks. It's just not in the cards. But uh, this lake that we go to up here, uh, it's unbelievable. It's like, um, it's like one of, it's probably one of my favorite spots I've ever been to ever. And uh, it's about, uh, I'd say a good hour and a half plus down the highway west of Timmins. And the beauty of it too is you can drive down the highway an hour and a half, and then you got to go on a dirt road through the bush about another, I'd say, good 45 minutes into the wild, we'll call it, into the bush. And then you find this unbelievable lake. And so to get there, you drive on the highway, you come off on this dirt road, but you need like a four-wheeler, you need a bike, side-by-side, side, something or other, to get out there. And that's basically, it's the only way you can go in there, a truck, or uh, maybe if you have a Jeep or something like that, you get a Jeep out there, a good off-road vehicle, but you don't want to bring your truck out there or anything like that because it will get stuck. It's just a fact. Uh, the road's pretty good, but once you get closer to the lake, it gets a little crazy, folks, okay? So what this lake is so cool, and I, I, I'm not sure if I touched on this in prior episode, like I said, that I was talking about, but uh, this lake is so hilarious to me because it's, it is pretty hard to get out there. A lot of times, people won't always drag their boat back and forth every time. This lake is pretty hilarious. Like You go out there, and there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of boats like at the boat launch that are just flipped over on the shore. Some of them are, might be chained to a tree. Some people don't want their other people using it. But a lot of the times 
there's just a boat sitting there. So the easiest way to go about it is you take your four-wheeler, take your side-by-side, and you just throw a boat motor in the back. And you drive it out there, you flip over one of these boats, you bring your fishing gear, you attach your motor to it, uh, put it in the water, and you're on your way, and you're fishing. And it's awesome. So uh, we've done that many times before, but my buddy Roby has this awesome John boat that can fit on top of the side-by-side. And you winch it up there with a couple straps, put the motor in the back, put your tackle box, your rods, get your food, your beer, and essentially just get prepared to have the absolute time of your life. And, uh, you know, one of the problems with this place, well, not the problem, one of the best parts of this place is there's zero cell service. Like, you just can't get a signal. You're literally out in the absolute middle of nowhere. And it's nice. It's nice to get away for a while and, um, you know, go camping. And the beauty part, there's a bunch of different campsites on off this lake. And the, the one, there's a couple different islands. There's a bigger island and there's a small island that is literally like, I don't even know if it'd be 100 feet by 100 feet. It's just this tiny little thing full of trees. There's a fire pit out there. There's a fish cleaning station. And that's usually the place that we like to try and camp. And uh, we got out there and um, we finally get, we get off the highway and we're making our way down the dirt road and we come down, uh, we get the, my buddy, had a, Johnny had a four wheeler with his, uh, with his boat on a trailer attached to it. And he's leading the way and we're coming behind him on the side by side with the boat on the top. And, um, I literally actually, because we had so much gear with us, you know, so much camping stuff and fishing stuff and tents and whatnot. I literally just sat in the boat and I just rode the boat and the trailer the whole way down the trail for 40 minutes. It was, it was hilarious. Just started, you know, having an adult beverage or two as you do so. And uh, it was a great, great time. And we get on our way down the dirt road and literally right where it's about to get nasty, right before you get into the boat launch, it's pretty muddy. There's a couple big holes in the road and it's usually pretty tough to get to. You kind of got to floor it. And we come around the bend. Sure enough, there's a family, a family, and they had a, they had a four-wheeler with a trailer a small four-wheeler though, like not very powerful. And they're just absolutely stuck, completely stuck in the mud. And it was a weird setup they had. They had like the one guy driving the quad, the boats on the trailer. And then there was about five or six of them that were just walking the trail behind them, following them on foot because they didn't have enough, you know, you know, enough toys to get them down there all without walking some of them. So they're walking and they were completely stuck, like completely horned. There's no way they were getting out of there. And I mean, thank God we came by because I'm really not sure what they would have done. But uh, Roby's side by side has a nice, big, powerful winch on the front of it. So thankfully, we were able to connect it to the four wheeler. We got to pull them out. It was an absolute mess. Uh, we're all muddy. We haven't even got there yet. But it was nice to save those people. Not save them, but, you know, get them unstuck because I can't reiterate enough. They would have been into one. They would have had to probably leave it there, go back to town grab a winch or something or someone with a bike that could pull them out so it was it was i was glad that we could kind of save them and i guess they said that they'd only been stuck for five or ten minutes when we rolled around the corner so it's kind of like a perfect blessing so we get them out we get them on their way and we get in to start you know launch our boat and whatnot and we thought you know there's our good deed for the day something that you can feel good about and uh we get our the two boats ready and uh we get her going and the first thing you got to do, obviously, you know, before you get too crazy is you got to get out there and you got to set up camp right away. So we uh, slowly with our boats just loaded up with our stuff, way too much shit for a one night camping trip. But that's usually the way it goes, as you know. So we make our way, we boat, uh, you know, a pretty good boat ride. Like this lake's pretty big. It's got a bunch of creeks off it, a bunch of great fishing spots. It's a beautiful lake. And we make our way out there. We set up our camp 
Uh, we get everything going, and then we go out there to fish. And um, it was, you know, it was mid-afternoon towards the evening, but, uh, you know, being July 1st, it was the best time of the year. The sun's up so long, and, you know, we're pretty far north up here. Sun was up for a long time, like a very, very long time. Like, you know, you could get light till like, 11 at night. So we get going. Uh, Johnny and Roby go in uh, their, the Johnny's boat, and then me and Danny take Roby's John boat. And this John boat is, is hilarious. It's very small and it's very fast. And, uh, you know, you put a Yamaha 99 in the back, a little bit of power on her, and you can really go in this boat. And that's kind of why I've always loved it is because it's pretty funny. Like you can carve around pretty good. It's very agile. It's small though, so it is quite tippy. But this lake, it's always been, every time I've been out there, it's like calm as glass. Like no complaints, like just perfect fishing every time I've been out there. You always just slay fish. It's unreal. And like, I mean, I don't fish too much on my own, but I'd always fish a lot with my buddy Robes and and Johnny up here. And, and, you know, Danny's a huge fisherman. So I was in good company. You know, it's nice. As a person that doesn't know too much about fishing, it's very nice to go with guys that know what they're doing. Cause they tell you what to use and they tell you what to do and they help you catch a lot of fish. And I'm the kind of guy that I like to catch a lot of fish. I don't like to go out there for six hours and have the challenge of trying to, you know, bring in one good fish. I want to catch a bunch and I want to catch a lot. And so we get out and we get going and we're having a great time, but it's very, very windy this particular day. And like this lake is choppy. And like I said, I'd never seen it choppy like this in my life before. I've only been out there five or six times before, but in my, like I said, my experience had always been picture perfect conditions. And this time was unfortunately not exactly the case. So we get going, we caught a couple fish. We're kind of, you know, going around Johnny and Roby are in the boat in front of us. And we're, me and Danny are tagging along, you know, we're kind of all going to the same spots, keeping about a 50 yard distance between our boats. You know, we're just doing our thing. And then, you know, slowly we just start getting separated, you know, like, you know, we're, we see each other. And then next thing you know, like Johnny and, uh, robes are kind of on their own and they we kind of lost track of them but we're fine we know they'll find them we can rip around and find them no problem so it's me and danny we're just going we're having a time and then it starts getting even windier and now we got like literal almost white caps on the lake and this boat like i said is tiny like very small boat and i'm sitting at the very front of it because danny's driving and just like i I couldn't sit too far back and i'm just trying to sit right in the middle you know keep it perfectly balanced but now it's getting so choppy there's so many waves that every time you get a wave, it's like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. And every time you hit a wave, like water's just splashing on me, just splashing on me. I'm completely soaked. So I end up like literally just peeling down to my boxers. Like there's next, like there was another one or two other boats on there, but it's a huge lake. Like we were nowhere near them. So I'm literally just sitting there in my gitch fishing. And then the waves just kind of keep getting worse and worse. And all of a sudden, like, we're kind of, like, taking on a lot of water. And, like, we had a little jug in there. We're trying to throw it out. But then, like, we're taking on a little more water than we can handle. And uh, we were kind of getting scared that we were literally just going to capsize and completely sink. So me and Danny, we found a nice shore with some nice sand. We pulled the boat off and we figured, hey, we're just going to wait for the wind to die down. Maybe we'll just see what it, wait a couple minutes and we'll have a couple, you know, we'll have a couple sodas on the shore and we're gonna, we'll have a good time. And, um... We wait about an hour. We're literally just, you know, I haven't seen Danny in a while. We're shooting the shit, catching up, trying to throw rocks at seagulls, you know, doing normal things you would do on the shoreline. And anyway, so about an hour and a half go by, not an hour, maybe an hour goes by. And it doesn't seem to be getting 
any better. So we're like, in our heads, we had a little bit of a wager going on that which boat could catch the biggest fish and the smallest fish. So we were like, in our heads, we were like, we got to get back on the water because if we don't start catching some fish, these guys are going to absolutely smoke us in the biggest fish contest. And that's just not going to happen on either of our watches. So I'm like, Danny, let's just be very careful and let's try and uh, find where the boys are. And maybe by one of the creeks, it's a little calmer. We can go off the lake a bit and do some, uh, you know, quieter area and just have a little bit better experience on the water. So we get back in the boat. We slowly just putter across. We putter across the lake. And we get down to one of the creek systems, kind of near where the, where the boat launch is. And uh, we find Johnny and Robes. And Johnny and Robes are hooting and hollering. They're having the time of their lives. All they're talking about is how many fish they've caught and how many huge fish they've caught and how they're absolutely having the day of their lives. And so me and Danny are just choked because we're like, well, we got to get out there and we got to get fishing. So we end up going into the creek there and we, we started slaying fish too. It was awesome. We were catching a ton, lots of pike, but uh, lake snakes, if you will, crazy ass pike as we like to call them. Pike are fun to catch. They put up a good fight, but they stink like hell. And when you touch them, they're all slimy. Then you smell like pike for the rest of the day. And they had so many bones in them that, like, I, I could never clean one. I'm not very good at cleaning fish to begin with. But it, you have to be pretty good, and you have to know what you're doing to clean a pike, usually, because there's so many bones in them. I've never even really eaten one, because every time I've tried to, I absolutely ruin the clean job. And it's just not possible to consume without choking on a bone. So um, we're catching that. We're catching tons of pickerel. Uh, we caught a couple perch. It was a great day. Like this, this lake's just full of pickerel. Just beautiful fish. Such a good fish to eat too. And uh, we're, we're doing really well. And uh, we fished there for a couple hours just in this creek because we were doing so well. And now we've done so well and it's getting close to like sun going down. So we decide with the boys, we're like, you know what? We agreed. We all four of us decided, you know what? Maybe it's time to go back. We all caught our limits. So we were going to go back and have an absolute fish fry, um, eat some fish, drink some beer until we were sick because that's what you do on a camping trip. You catch your limit and you eat fish until you cannot eat fish anymore. So uh, we agree to take off. We all um, get our things all, you know, get the rods out of the water. And uh, Johnny and Roby are in the boat ahead of us. And um, they open her up, they take off. And then me and Danny start just behind them, about 150 meters, 200 meters behind them. We start going, and we open her wide up. And by now, it's like really calm. The winds died down. The lake is completely still. And uh, we're flying back to camp, and we're ready to get a fire going and, you know, tear it up through the night. And so we're excited. We're getting going. We just had a great time out in the lake. We dealt with some adversity with the waves. We almost capsized. We had to spend some time on shore, but all that was over. All the promise was leading. All the work we've done in this beautiful day was leading up to a beautiful shore lunch at our campsite, or shore dinner, I should say. Uh, we were going to have a bunch of fish, and we were really looking forward to it. So me and Danny, we open up the boat. We open her wide open. We're flooring it. We're getting going. And then maybe not even... Eight to ten seconds after we completely opened it up, I still don't understand what happened or why it happened. The water was calm as glass. The next thing you know, we just completely flipped over. Completely flipped over. Gone. Just just the boat right over. I'm I was sitting in the chair I was sitting in. I was completely flipped over in this John boat. And I was still sitting in the seat holding my beer like I was sitting there like a normal person, 
but I was completely upside down, like under the water. I wish I could somehow have gotten a video of it. It would have been absolutely hysterical. And we got all our shit in the boat. We had a couple fish in the boat and Danny had a beautiful fish finder. He had a nice pair of sunglasses. He had his phone on him. Thank God. We had a cooler. We had all this shit, couple nice fishing rods, fishing gear. And we flipped the, we flipped the fucking thing right over head over fucking heels. We're in the water. I come up out of the water and the fucking boat motor is still going like still spinning. I get up. It's literally still spinning. And I, and I'm like, holy fuck. And I don't even think anything of it. All I can think in my head was we can't lose this fucking boat. We cannot lose this boat. And then I just kind of like look at Danny. Like I'm in disbelief. I didn't even know what to say. We're in the middle of this lake and we had just gotten like kind of to the mouth. We weren't in the wide open of the lake, but where we flipped over, it was like pretty wide open. Like it was a, we were in a big body of water still at the time. And literally right where we flipped, it didn't make a difference if we swam one way or the other. We were just as far from shore either way. And then we have shit floating all over around us. All our stuff's floating. Danny's fish finder straight to the bottom of the lake. Gone. Gone forever. And then lost his sunglasses. Somehow he had his phone strapped to an elastic band that's on the top of my cooler. And that was still good. And we kind of like take a quick gander at all our stuff floating around us. And then we kind of took a quick check-in second to make sure that we were both completely okay. That we were, you know, doing all right. And I'm looking over at Danny and me and Danny like literally just like look each other in the eyes and we were kind of like, dude, are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? Okay, we're good. Now we got to figure this out. So we start like deciding like what we're going to do and we're like, okay, man, like we got to start swimming at the shore. And then before we did that, we tried about literally 10 or 12 times to flip the boat over in the middle of the lake. And every time I pushed on it, I'd push as hard as I could. I couldn't even get it to move at all. I would just go straight underwater, straight underwater. And like we were... We were keeping her pretty like calm and narrow all day, but like we're feeling pretty good too at this point of the day. Like not an ideal time to be in the water. And right when this happens, like the sun had literally just set. So this time of the year, it was probably like nearing like 11. And it, like so in, up here it's it's very it's very light out still to a like a very we like like I said, almost 11 o'clock at night. And I literally want to say like it was probably right near 11. And it was just getting dark and we decided we're like, oh shit, like we're so horned. And like, like I said, I'm, I was in my boxers. So the clothes I had just sunk right to the bottom of the lake and I'm just in my gitch swimming around in the water. Thankfully the water felt like really, really warm and we had to decide. So me and Danny, we start pushing the boat and then like, we're trying to like hold it out on top of it. But we're worried we're like going to push it down into the water and we're going to lose it for good. So we kind of just grabbed the sides of it. And we both just slowly start swimming to shore. And I can't, I don't think it was that long of a swim. I can't remember adrenaline was pumping so much, but I think it was like a good, maybe 10 minute swim to shore. And we finally get there. We're like trying to corral all of our like fishing stuff and stuff floating around with us from the cooler and stuff like that. And we're just trying to corral all that as we go. And we get up, we finally get to where the shore is. And we went right to this like straight rock face, a legit, like it was like basically like a, like a 90 degree wall. And then we kind of get to an area where I can try and get up, but it's straight rock and I'm soaking wet. And like, I remind you feeling pretty good at the time. 
So I'm trying to get up this rock face and I tried like eight or nine times and I just keep falling like flat on my face on this cliff edge and I can't get up. I'm like, Danny, we got to swim around another point. So we drag the boat again. We swim another like hundred yards and we get around into this little inlet and we finally pull the boat up under the rock. We can kind of, we flip it over finally when we get to enough to it's shallow enough that we could actually flip the thing and we get her flipped and by now we look over and in this little bay little inlet area is just all our shits just floating everywhere i had there's one of my crocs was floating i never found the other one i lost a shoe i came back with one shoe at the end of this and then we crawl all of our stuff we're like swimming around this bay um danny did save his phone but like i said there's zero self-service and the two guys that are with us are not going to have self-service at all and the sun is going down and i'm knowing what exactly as we get on the shore i'm sitting there and in my head i'm just thinking i'm like at the time when we left johnny and robes had had caught the biggest fish it was already signed sealed and delivered that they had the biggest fish but i know that them thinking us not being right behind them if they shoulder checked they're 100% going to be like, oh, those assholes, they just, they're going to stay back there and try and catch the big one. They're going to just keep fishing a little bit because Roby likes to clean a lot of the fish. So he wanted to get back to camp, start cleaning them. So we, he's just in his head. They, I know, I just knew for a fact that they weren't going to think anything of it, that we weren't right behind them when we said we were going to leave. So I said that to Danny and he agreed and we we're like, we are so horned. And we are up there on the rocks, just like sitting there on these rocks on this bay and we're like, dude, what are we going to do? And like, I'm screaming. I'm screaming, Roby, Johnny, help, help, help. It's like echoing. You can hear it. And I'm like, they're never going to hear us. And the best part was when we flipped the boat, they weren't more than 150 meters ahead of us. But for somehow they just, they didn't even notice that we had flipped. And when we come up from the water, when we first flipped, the best part was like, we were just going to this like little corner of the lake and I just see their boat going and it just sounds like this as it disappeared around the corner. It's like, and you slowly just hear the sound of the motor fade away. And I was just like, mother of God. So like I said, we make her to shore. We're at the shore. And if you've ever been in Northern Ontario, Northern Canada, basically a lot of these places where the woods are thick and stuff like this, the mosquitoes are so bad. Like it's like nothing. I can't like... You know, people say bugs are bad, but like, this is like nothing you could experience. So like I said, I'm sitting there in my gitch, literally just a little pair of boxers and I'm getting torched by mosquitoes, like ruthlessly annihilated by mosquitoes. I would look down at my chest or my arms and it'd be nothing to see like 20 mosquitoes, 25 mosquitoes sucking the life out of me at any one time. So I'm like fucking losing my shit. I'm like, Danny, we can't stay here, man. Like, like we're not going to make it. We're on the shore. I'm like, I don't want to be by these woods. God knows there's a giant bear in there or something like that or a moose ready to just take my head off. So I'm like, we had one paddle. We had one like three foot paddle. We couldn't start the motor obviously because it's full of water. We tried a million times, couldn't get it going. So we corralled the stuff that we didn't lose after swimming all around this bay. We get it back in the boat and I'm like, Danny, we got to we're gonna have to paddle back we're gonna have to paddle back to the to the island and we are not anywhere near where our campsite was like it's a good it was a good you know maybe 15 to 20 minute maybe a good 15 minute boat ride back to our camp and now we got to do this with one paddle so we start going and now by the time we start paddling it's pitch black it's pitch fucking black 
thank God that the sky was clear and the moon was huge. So we're literally paddling by moonlight. Almost, it's like fucking 11.30 at this time of night now. And we're going and it starts getting fucking cold. And we've just been in the water. We're fucking both sitting there in our boxers. And we would literally paddle until one guy would get like sweaty and warm. And then by that time, the other guy's cold and shivering. And we just kept switching who's paddling to keep us warm. And the whole time that we're paddling, we're just screaming bloody murder for Robes or Johnny. Like the whole time, like I almost lost my voice. I'm just going, Johnny, Roby, help, help, help. Danny's a really good whistler. He's just whistling. He's whistling his heart out as hard as we can. The whole time we're paddling for like 45 minutes. And like, I can't reiterate, I'm so thankful that I'd flip this boat with Danny. Because I feel like if anyone else, it could have turned into an absolute fucking shit show. Like I'd done that exact same camping trip at the exact same island a year before. But we had a bunch of girls with us. Like a couple guys, uh, wives were up there, girlfriends were up there. And I was like, thank God that we didn't flip this boat with like with a couple girls on it too because then I would have been panicking about trying to worry about how everyone was doing how we're, how we're, how everyone's going to make it to shore and like I was telling my girlfriend this story and she was basically saying like thank god that I wasn't there because you probably would have had to just let me just let me go down into the water cuz I probably would have had a panic attack so I'm like in my head I kept saying that to Danny I was like dude like pretty thankful that we both kind of kept our cool through that scenario we made it work we lost some shit but we're both okay and this sucks we might have a four-hour paddle back to this island, but we're going to make it. We're going to be okay. So we get going, and we, we're going, like I said, probably about 45 minutes we're paddling. We were probably on the shore for about 25, 20. So it's about an hour after after we were um, with our buddies, Johnny and Robe, fishing. So we're going, and we finally start to hear a boat motor. And by this time of the night, we'd kind of done a tour of the the lake while fishing and we didn't see anyone else camping out there so i hear a boat motor i know it's got to be the boys and so thankfully danny had his cell phone so he got the flashlight going and he was like flashing the light waving the light so they could see us i started screaming again but then i can tell that it's them and they can see us and they're coming towards us so the boys come flying to find us and i can tell just by like the look on their faces and like the what they were doing they had no fucking clue what we'd been through so they come up to us and they start circling us in their boat like as fast as they can because like, you know, that's what you do. You want to create some waves as a joke, like make the guy think he's going to tip. And then they did about a lap or two and they could just see like the soulless expressions on our faces. And then I could kind of like see them like kind of realize, put two and two together that they're not fishing right now. They don't have any fishing stuff out. Harps is sitting in his gitch. Danny too. What the hell's going on? And then we fucking tell them what happened. And they were just baffled. They were like, no fucking way. So they apparently, as they're they're cleaning some fish on the shore by our camp, they said they could hear a couple yells or two. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm a pretty loud guy. I like to hoot and holler, especially when, you know, you're catching big fish. So Roby just said, he's like, I honestly just assumed, like, like I predicted, that we thought you just stayed to fish and catch the big one. We thought nothing of it. And I heard a couple yells. Because Johnny was like, hey, does that sound like harps yelling? And Robes just said, ah, oh, it's just, they're probably just finally caught the big one. Those assholes had to stay back out there and, and get an upper leg on us trying to win the competition. 
And so they, they just didn't think anything of it, which is hilarious. And I mean, no fault to them. I would have probably thought the same thing. But so we had to get a rope out of Johnny's boat, tie it to our boat. And we literally they had to tow us back to the island. Slow little boat ride back there. But then we finally got back. We had a bunch of fish. We saved the night. We had a great time. Put on a great fire. And uh, we, we ended up saving the night. But it was, uh, I'll be honest, it was uh, a little bit more action than I planned for for a relaxing day off and a fishing trip on Canada Day, the birth of our nation. A hallowed holiday, one of my favorite days of the year. Now I can honestly say I will never, ever forget Canada Day, July 22nd. What a fucking shit show. But at the end of the day, I ate fish till my stomach hurt, got on that island, drank beer till my stomach hurt as well. But holy fuck, what a shit show. Now, I'm hoping to go to Cardi soon one day, but I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping to stay in the boat. I'll be honest with that. So we got back to the island. Thank God we had a good time. We saved it. I didn't even bring a tent. I bought a camping hammock, and I literally just put it in between two trees, and I just slept like a log. You know, you want to peek out there. You want to look up at the stars. You can see them all night. It's beautiful. The only reason I did that, there is not a chance in hell I would use that apparatus in the in the woods. We were on an island. That is the only way that I would do it. I might I would look like a piece of Jack Link's beef jerky hanging between two trees for a bear or something like that. God knows a wolf. Because we're out in the middle of nowhere. Like that's where like the big shit's probably hanging out. The big boys. The wild gooses, if you know what I'm saying. They'd be out there. But fuck we had a good trip. Minus the flippage. But you know what? Thanks to us for both being okay. I mean it's a, it was an experience I'll never forget. And a story I mean, hopefully don't have to relive ever again. Knock on wood. But um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'll ever forget Canada Day, uh, July 1st. And um, I hope I told that story with justice. With justice. Because uh, I've told a couple people it now. Not sure if it's good taste to tell that on the podcast. But who cares? You know, that's what the podcast is for. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. Oh, God. But uh, yeah. So... That's my fishing story. That's my fishing story. That, went a lot, that, was, that took a long time to tell. And I've told that to a couple people at bars and stuff like that. So I hope it's a good story. I think it's a good story. One I'll never fucking forget. That's for damn sure. And I mean, one of the most hilarious parts of it too is the next day. This, this should be a Yamaha advertisement. The next day somehow, we, we start the motor up and the, the fucking boat was flying like nothing ever happened. Like it didn't just almost sink into the lake fascinating fascinating things so i think the next time i go i'm gonna have to bring a fish finder hopefully find my jeans if you're out at the secret location and you do know where it is and you see a black a right black crock floating around grab it please because it's mine it's mine pretty awful when you got to finish your camping trip with one with one shoe but i mean like you said fucking could have been a lot worse like the last time i was out there if I had flipped the boat the last trip I was out there, the shape I was in, I'll tell you right now, I don't think I'd be here telling the story. So someone was watching over me. Someone kept me in enough shape that I, when this happened, I, I didn't even panic. I was actually kind of proud of myself. I think I was more so in disbelief that we were going through what we were going through because at no point did I ever feel like scared or anything like that. I wasn't worried. I was just like, God damn. God damn, got to paddle back to the fucking camp with a goddamn two-foot paddle the size of a schwanz but anyways that's here nor there 
So maybe one day you play the cards right. If you're a listener of the show, maybe we'll take you out to that lake. It'll be a listener prize. Project contest. Winner gets to come on an excursion. Hopefully not flip the fucking boat. So anyways, don't flip your fucking boat, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's the lesson of this. Don't flip. If you can stay in the boat on the fishing trip, it's better. It's definitely a better way to go about it. All right? So um, that's that. That is that. I wish you could have seen it. I wish you could have seen the, the the bay, though, when we had all our shit floating around. Bunch of Bud Lights just fucking floating. I shouldn't even say A bunch of Bud Lights just floating around in the water, bobbing around like little apples in a fucking Halloween tent. We got them all, though. Guarantee you that. Lost my crop, but we didn't fucking miss a single blue devil. Let me tell you that now. How's this work, though? Is Yemenar going to listen to this podcast, come out and give me the pee-pee whack? Hope not. Hope not. Just joking. If they ever did come after me, I'd just say it's a fictional story. So shut up. Anyways, that's here nor there. This is a really random and terrible segue. I'm known for the terrible segues, but I just before I sign off here, I, I got to bring up quick little beef I have with something. That's CrossFit. I fucking hate CrossFit. I just can't stand CrossFit. It's CrossFit. CrossFit is the only thing. Like could, when people tell me they're a professional CrossFitter, I'm like, so you're you're good at working out. Could you imagine training, training to be better at training? Like the whole purpose of your exercise is to be better at exercising. Like, I don't know. I respect it if it's like you're working out for a sport, working out to look good, feel good, be healthy. But if you're just working out to just compete in other people and just like you're signing up for basically fitness tests, you're just signing up to do fitness tests against other guys who want to partake in this random fitness test that we've organized, then you're fucking, you're into one in my eyes. CrossFit always makes me laugh too because like they do crazy shit. They do crazy shit. Like I don't know. I did a lot of Olympic lifting when I was training. I used to train at Olympic lifting gym. And then like I kind of got familiar with Cross. I feel like CrossFit just kind of came out of nowhere too. I was like maybe like 10 years ago. It just came out of the woodwork like hot, like mainstream. And you start seeing these people like they go to a CrossFit class. Like I did Olympic lifting like I said for a long time. It's very complicated, like very strategic lifts. You got to do them right. You could hurt yourself. A lot of technique involved. And you go to the CrossFit gym, someone who just signed up that day, like they'll do a, a fucking like every minute on the minute set where it's like do as many, do eight, do eight cleans in a row. Someone who's never done a clean in their life is going to do eight cleans in a row and just tear their body apart to shreds. Like I, I, I understand in a way like CrossFit just provides this community and I almost feel like it provides like this community for people that wouldn't necessarily be working out if it wasn't there for them. And I, I mean, again, if you do CrossFit, like I'm not chirping, I'm chirping the art. I, fuck. People probably think what I do is stupid. And a lot of it is, but I just say it, CrossFit as a, as a whole is cult-like. It scares the fuck out of me. And I know it scares a lot of other people too. I just feel like, I don't know. You ever see them do those chin-ups where they're just humping the shit of the bar? They're just dry humping the bar like it's a ninth grade girlfriend. Like, that's weird. They do that, like, the humping thing with the momentum. Like, that's not a chin-up. That's bullshit. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see, like, the stuff that these guys can do. But, like, CrossFit as a whole, very psychotic behavior. I don't know if I... I don't know if I hate CrossFitters more or the people that take slow pitch ultra, ultra seriously more. Kind of like... 
hit or miss. Like you could kind of like weigh the pros and cons of both those groups of people and they terrify the absolute living shit out of me. All parties involved in the two parties I just mentioned. But CrossFit, like, it's just like they do these weird, like, they'll have a CrossFit meet. And they got the tunes going. And they have, like, an MC, a guy in the microphone, like, commenting. Not, no, not even a fence to people, like, realistically, they just, like, average people, like, doing workouts. They have a guy, like, a wedding fucking, a wedding singer, basically yelling in your ear. Give it everything you got, we got Brandon on the burpees! Brandon's on the burpees! Go, 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 go! Shut up. Shut up. Not sure really where I was planning on going with this CrossFit rant, but I'm, I'm probably going to end it there. Probably going to end it there. Episode 65, people. Feels good to get an episode out in back-to-back weeks. Not necessarily to the day. But I'm going to try my best to make Sundays the release date. I've said that so many times on this show, and I actually feel like I just... I'm just going to shut up about the planning of the show. The show's coming out when it comes out, okay? And uh, we got stories galore coming your way. Um, when I can get to a place where I'm not living out of a suitcase and running around all the day, working a lot, I'm going to try to get some more interviews going. But there's a lot going on right now. Before we know it, hockey will be back, football will be back. It'll be good. It'll be really good. But folks, I thank you so much for tuning into the show. I, I really love doing it. And every time I get behind the mic, I've, I remember how much I love it. And I can't reiterate enough, never made a cent off this show. And I almost don't even plan on it because I love podcasts and I love, I listen to a lot of different ones, but I find so many are just like very similar to one another, very topical. They're talking about current events, bullshit that like none of us care about, but we hear about it so much that we think about, we care about it. And I, I, I want to try and bring some more unique I just want to have my own show I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want if you like it I love it thanks for listening if you don't turn it the fuck off and shut up it's very simple like I don't get all this hate on like people getting like essentially cancelled and shit like that like if you don't agree with what someone's saying or what they're doing then don't fucking listen to them like I don't get it it makes no like I just see like they basically just booted that Andrew Tate guy off the internet who is kind of a nerd he is a nerd. Like, I don't get why people get so upset with a guy like Andrew Tate. I'm like, he says very brash things that get reactions out of people. And now everyone has a voice through social media that they feel like their voice matters. And they get to just blab behind the keyboard and, and yap until they get hurt. And then enough people do it and they start canceling people. Like, I just saw they, they basically just booted Andrew Tate off everything. I don't understand why because he like... Is this macho guy who talks about crazy shit. I know people are saying he's like a wife beater and shit. I don't know. The videos I've seen, I can't say I've seen any of that. But like Donald Trump too. Donald Trump's got kicked off everything. Why? He's fucking hilarious. If that guy never sent one tweet, he might he might still be running, running the, the US of A. Who knows? Who knows? But who cares? Who cares at the end of the day? Nothing matters. You ever realize that? Nothing really matters. You still got to do what needs to be done. But don't get so stressed out about shit. Because at the end of the day, not one fucking thing really matters at all. It is what it fucking is. Okay, folks? Folks, this is episode number 65. The Eric Carlson episode. Remember when Eric Carlson played for the Ottawa Senators? Remember when the Ottawa Senators 
were in the Eastern Conference Final in like 2017 or 2016, and now they're the dumpster fire. They're an AHL hockey team with a rink for some reason 14 hours outside of the city with not one thing around it, not a C-train, not a single bar, not a hotel. Like If you play for the Ottawa Senators, the rink's in Kanata. There's no chance that these guys have houses in Kanata. So I've thought about this. I was talking this with this about, about a, with a buddy the other day about this. Like, if you play for the Ottawa Senators, I imagine you have a nice home in the Ottawa area, which is a good, decent drive away from the Canadian Tire Center, which again is out in Kanata. If you've ever seen it, when you come down that highway and you see that rink where it is for the first time, and someone tells you that's where the Sens play, you literally you will chuckle out loud and be like, "What? That's where they play? Like we're in the middle of nowhere right now. There's nothing here." So if you're on the Ottawa Senators, you, like I said, to go back to what I was saying, you probably have a nice home in the Ottawa area. So what do you do, though? You drive out for morning skate, and then do you hang out at the rink all day? These guys probably want to get some food, get a nap. Do you drive all the way back to Ottawa and then take a nap? So, like, game day, you're in the car for two hours before the game starts? Like, that can't feel good for the legs. Can't feel good for the legs. Like when I play, when I played hockey, like I found I was, like I, I get up every day and I, I can feel like absolute hell. I can go to work, do roofs all day and I'll never like complain about my legs and shit like that. But whenever, the, like the second I wake up and I was like playing hockey, say it's a game day and like I wake up, I'll, I'll walk to the fridge to get a glass of water and I'll be like, God, legs don't have it today. Legs don't feel good. I'm, I'm slapping them, trying to wake them up. I'm like, God. I just don't have it. Legs legs are feeling a little groggy today. Got to wake them up. Got to go for a walk. Maybe get a light jog and get some blood moving. Why can't I just not have those worries when it's game day? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I will be honest. This is the last thing I will say. I guess kind of a message that kind of resonated with me. I just thought about this today earlier. Like I remember I said to myself, I you know, you get worked up in game days I found. And like, you know, I wasn't playing in the NHL. Don't get me wrong. Wasn't playing in the fucking best league in the world or anything like that. But it was hockey. It is a high level that I took very seriously. And it was something I cared very much about and was extremely passionate for. So you get, you put pressure on yourself. You know, you get that game day anxiety. You know, you want to play good. You want the game to go well. You want your team to win. You got these things in your mind. So, you know, you might have like a little pit in your stomach kind of thing. You have that pressure on you. But that pressure is a, it's a privilege. You don't look at it as a negative. You don't look at it like, oh, I can't wait till the day I'm done playing when I don't, you know, I can just enjoy the weekend, just go do whatever I want, relax. You know, you don't think like that. Pressure is a fucking privilege because there's a select few that get to go on the stage. You know how, you know how many more people just are in the audience? They don't have pressure in the audience. A select few get to go up there on the stage and perform and feel that pressure. Pressure is a privilege. And that can be applied to anything in your life. Sometimes you're stressed out about something. Sometimes you're doing this. I can guarantee you, if you didn't have that pressure, if everything was all good all the time, you're not going to enjoy the moments as much as you do when things you have to work for, you go through, and you care about. Pressure is a privilege. And think like that. Rewire your fucking skull to realize that pressure is a privilege. When you care about something, you put a little bit of a pressure on yourself to have things go right have the discipline to put in what needs to be done to make success out of that situation pressure is a privilege 
that is the lesson of this episode. Um, I'm not sure how we got to that message, but thank you very much for joining me, folks. It's an honor to be talking on this microphone, talking to you all, wherever you are in the world. And please, I um, it always shocks me. Like I, I haven't taken this show near seriously enough as I should, and I'm changing that now. But I, it really makes me happy when people reach out and just say they're listening because the people that have reached out, it shocks me that some of the people that are listening, like I don't have a mass listenership or anything like that. I'm not going to act like I'm Joe Rogan or some shit like that with million jillion listeners. But I, I more people listen to the show than I I think sometimes. And sometimes the people that do message me and you know say they like the episode and, and tell me they're liking what's going on and are tuning in and when's the next episode, I need it. And that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like you know what I'm doing is worth it because... I'm going to keep this going. Like I said, I haven't made a single cent from the show, you know, 65 episodes. I'm not bagging myself here, but you know, it is, it is, there's a decent amount of work that goes into making this happen. And I mean, I don't do too much editing. I don't do any editing anymore. Like I basically just do live podcasts. Like I, I haven't pressed pause once on this show yet. I think I did once because I, 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 I think I wanted to take a ridiculous um out. I paused it once in the middle, I think, and I just deleted it. But, um, yeah, I love doing this. I love you all. Thank you for being a part of this. This is episode number 65. I love you all. This is the program. This is your host, Hopsy Baby Boy, signing off. Thank you and good day. Make sure you subscribe because I don't get the down. If you just listen to it, it doesn't mean shit. You have to download it. Be a subscriber. Only analytics we can track are downloads, okay? From me and all the folks at the head offices and corporate up at the, at the project, we thank you. We love you. Episode 65 is adjourned. Thank you now.